welcome. This is the Moms Are Not Alright podcast. I hope you have been enjoying the weekly episodes, but if this is your first time listening, thanks for being here. I'm a mom talking about a variety of topics that I find myself experiencing or thinking about in my everyday life that I think it might be beneficial to put out into the world. I skipped posting last week because my family was in Disney for the first time, and I did not expect how completely drained I ended up being. And we were at the parks like all day from open to close. So I underestimated how much time I was going to have. I thought for sure my youngest would tap out, but he was such a trooper. So thank you for your patience. I really hated breaking that commitment, but I'm always busy and always trying to do things. And sometimes things fall through the cracks. So thanks for coming back. And today's topic is about alcohol. If this is a triggering topic for you, please skip this week's episode. If you find yourself thinking like, well, I don't have a drinking problem. This episode doesn't relate to me. I would challenge you to listen to it because maybe you know a family member who struggles and it might help you understand them a little bit more, hopefully. I will talk about why I don't drink alcohol anymore, the effects alcohol has on your brain and body, what can cause you to be more susceptible to drinking problems, why this time was different than the last attempts, some things that helped me stay alcohol-free when I first stopped drinking, and what changes I noticed and what struggles I still have over a year later. I was debating making this an episode topic because it can be emotional, and I know when I was still drinking, I would get defensive when listening to people talk bad about alcohol, and I'd like list out things in my head as to why I'm totally fine drinking alcohol. I would think, well, I have a job and family. I don't drink every day. I don't get drunk every time. But I think this subject is important to talk about because millions of people die every year due to causes directly related to alcohol abuse and alcoholism and alcohol use disorder. And I found out recently through a friend who is a nurse practitioner that alcohol actually negatively affects women more than men. It takes women less time and less alcohol to have greater harm done to their organs. And my audience is mostly women, so I thought maybe it would be beneficial to share. And once I figure out how to record episodes with other people, I want to have her on because I feel like she would have such great insight as to what she sees every day at work. More to come on that. But the entire goal of my podcast is to inspire people for the better and put my thoughts and experiences into the world so someone listening to it feels less weird about whatever they're going through and hopefully feel a little more normal after listening at my expense. (laughs) I made a one-year alcohol-free post on my Facebook around Christmas and just the other day got a message two months later from someone who said, The post inspired them and they were excited to tell me about their attempts at giving up alcohol and how they created a bit of a ripple effect in their circle of people too. And those kinds of things really does inspire me to keep going and doing what I'm doing and just keeps 
me focused on bettering the planet that my kids and grandkids will inhabit without me one day. So shout out to Kirsten for sharing that with me. But before I get into it, I want to shout out to other listeners, my cousin Will and my friend Peter. They are not parents, but every week they tune in and DM me with such interesting perspectives and they seem to be able to relate to certain things in each episode so far. And that has been kind of eye-opening to me. Like, These millennial uncles can listen to this podcast geared towards moms and find things interesting and relatable. And I wasn't really expecting that. So shout out, Peter and Will. Thanks for your support. It means so much to me. And I always look forward to your DMs after the episodes air. So just diving right in. I was a late bloomer to alcohol. I didn't drink in high school at all. And no one ever really drank alcohol around me at all. Then when I was 19-ish... I had just started working at a restaurant and going to college and alcohol started to enter my world just due to the environment I was in now. My first time drinking, I went to a party with my friends. My siblings were there too. It was in a garage and everyone there was like not drinking casually or socially or just to take the edge off, everyone there was drinking to get wasted. And that kind of became my idea of parties and drinking. Like it felt normal and like expected that if you go to a party, you drink until you're super drunk, then you stumble around to get food with your friends. You stay up all night till the sun comes up. Then you talk about all the ridiculous stuff you did. And said and it was a great time like to me that's what drinking was and working in a restaurant only enabled this way of existing I would work later because I was going to school during the day and everyone goes out for drinks after work and there are a lot of drugs in the restaurant industry and that was just kind of my world during this like exploration growing up young adult time in my life Everyone around me kind of did it, and I viewed it as a thing, like just a thing people do. And I didn't really see any big issues with me doing it too. And then I got pregnant, so all that came to a screeching halt. Some of my favorite memories of those drunk nights with friends, like I still get flashbacks sometimes, and some memories make me laugh and think if I had the chance to relive some of those nights, I... 100% would but other times I'm cringing at the thought of the things I did and said and how I acted uh it's so embarrassing you can't see it but I'm like covering my face with my hands and I want to like hide thinking about it even though I'm in my room alone (laughs) Having a baby was probably a real blessing in disguise for me because it forced me to slow my roll. And I honestly don't even know if I would be alive today if I didn't have like an outside force putting that fire out. Being sober when pregnant seemed like a non-issue to me at that point. I didn't drink at home. It was strictly social at that point in my life. And after work, I would be way too tired to go out and my feet would hurt from walking around a lot. So I would go home after work instead of out with friends. Once I had a baby, I still drank and went out with friends, not as much as before, but I still had the same friends, the same workplace. So I kind of fell back into the same tendencies. I would be hungover and home with a baby, which sounds like actual 
hell to me at this point. But being hungover at 21 and being hungover at 31 is a whole different experience. Like, I could still work and semi-function hungover at 21. Whereas 31, I need like three days of bed rest to just get to a point where I can eat normally again. I've always been a problematic drinker. I never saw anyone model drinking normally. It was always just such extremes, like either binge drinking at parties or no one drank at all. And I just wouldn't see it as a problem or becoming a problem until I got older, unfortunately. It was like after I got married and pregnant with my second that I started to think, okay, this isn't normal or like this isn't sustainable. I couldn't rally the next day like I could when I was 21. I would have anywhere from two to sometimes even like eight drinks when I went out and not think anything of it because in my mind, I wasn't the only one doing that. Like other people were drinking with me or I would see other drunk people and feel validated or people would do shots and I didn't. So I somehow equated that to being like less of a partier or I wouldn't be wasted every time. I didn't really go out too much, so I couldn't have a problem if I'm chill at some events, right? (laughs) It's just sometimes I get carried away, like, oopsie. (laughs) I didn't drink when I was pregnant with my second, like, not even a sip of wine. I didn't drink with my first when I found out I was pregnant, but I was late to realizing, so I did technically drink at the beginning stages of that, which is scary to think about. But I was too nervous too the second time and I thought being pregnant and not drinking and being fine about it somehow meant I was alright too. I know people who would drink alcohol when pregnant and I hate even saying this out loud because a lot of these people are my friends and I don't think there's really anything wrong with it and I don't feel this way now but this is what I thought then. I would think I was less of a problematic drinker because... If there are people out there drinking while pregnant, but I wasn't, the consuming of alcohol didn't mean enough to me to take that risk. That must have meant I was in the clear of a drinking problem, right? So I thought, you know, after my eighth month, eight month pregnancy break from alcohol, I thought I would be better at it, like better at drinking and like a little more tame. But first night out, Two months after baby was born, I drank way too much at a birthday party and I threw up in my friend's car, like as an almost 30 year old. I felt so embarrassed and just like the biggest fucking loser on the planet. Sorry, Brittany, I still feel really bad about that. But that was really the start of me thinking, okay, maybe I don't have a grip on this. I thought I was going to be different after a long break from drinking, but I'm not. That was the first time I started thinking, maybe it is me and not the alcohol or not that I didn't eat enough or now I know to avoid milk-based alcohol drinks, etc., etc., etc. It would be a lot of starting and stopping until I learned that life is just less messy and easier if I remove it altogether. But 
I had to like prove to myself with many experiments, unfortunately, that it wasn't ever going to change for me. This is a weird way my brain rationalized it, but I thought that if I stopped drinking, it was admitting I had a problem. And if I kept drinking, it would mean I didn't. I know that doesn't make any sense. I thought if I could just prove that I could go out and not be trashed every time or if I'm not drinking every day but only two out of the seven days that meant I didn't have a problem. I would set limits of drinks, types of alcohol I wouldn't touch, water consumption goals while drinking. I'd have like vitamins and drinks for the hangover the next day. So much thought and planning went into just trying to crack this code so I could drink like a normal person out with friends. I still don't like the terminology of drinking problem. Like the reality is there are people in this world who are affected by alcohol more than others for a variety of reasons. Some of those reasons being that you have family members that are also problem drinkers. You suffer from PTSD you have bipolar, depression, anxiety, and childhood trauma is a, a big one too. Unfortunately, like our brains are not the same as people who have not gone through traumatic experiences or have won that genetic drinking problem lottery. I notice now that I'm someone who doesn't really do things in moderation at all. Like if I like a song, I listen to it over and over and over until I like get enough of it or snacks I eat certain snacks I like until I'm sick of them if I go somewhere I'm always like the last one to leave like when I'm talking to people I just don't want it to end I go down rabbit holes of weird subjects and like listen to podcasts about them buy books about it watch documentaries about it and I also notice I'm my impulsiveness more now than I did like, I really felt it at Disney, like in the gift shops or walking by the snack carts. And I see now that I have the traits to be someone that might find it hard to moderate anything I really like. And alcohol would be no exception to that. Sometimes my family would express concerns about my drinking, which should have been the, a red flag to me. But it would be from people who did not drink. So it felt more to me like two lifestyles clashing and I was being judged I would think like they don't get it drinking or being drunk is fine sometimes and it's fun and it's funny and who cares if you do and say stupid things I want to have fun I don't take life that seriously I'm here for a good time not a long time type mentality and it really didn't register to me as an issue the way my brain perceived it was they were alcoholics and had to stop drinking. I am not. And I hate that my brain thought that way. But I was in a really big defense mode. My family has a long history with alcohol problems, like for generations. And a good percentage of my family does not drink because of this. And many of them went through AA. So there is a lot of negative emotion around drinking in my life. And I grew up hearing alcoholics talked about in my family in such a negative way that I felt like a self-preservation reaction activate when the mention or thought of me being an alcoholic came up. 
I needed to separate myself from anything related to being that. Anyone who had issues with alcohol was judged and the topic of conversations at family parties. So it felt safer to continue to try and like figure out drinking and then then giving it up. Because if I gave it up, I was moved into the camp of people I have heard talked about so horribly my whole life. And I didn't want that for me. And I felt like, well, I raise a kid. He's a great kid. I have a husband. He's a great husband. I own a home. I have a job and a car. And like I would list off all the ways I didn't make the cut for what I thought in my head an alcoholic or problematic drinker was. Like I couldn't be that. I thought also labeling myself that it made me a bad mom. Like... My son already has divorced parents. I was a single mom at 21. There's already so much shame and that I have to like wear around like like it's written on a freaking poster board sign that I'm just like holding up in the air. And then you add on alcoholic mother like my brain could not accept that for us. And I can't even tell you why my brain was like no we're fine we'll just keep doing this and it'll be fine it was only when I stopped and made the decision to remove it completely I was able to realize how backwards my thinking had been a part of me thinks I would make any and all excuses because my brain loved the high so much and associated the good fun drunk feeling with it and it brought so much joy to me like everything was better with a drink the movies was better hanging out with friends was better walks around the neighborhood was better with a thermos I really was afraid my life would be less than if I took away alcohol like it would just be gray and boring if I took that away like I had to defend it till the end I also have friends and family who drink and had alcohol at family parties, and would make light of drinking. Sometimes I wonder if I was around people who didn't think drinking was a big deal and didn't talk about it so poorly, would I have gone about the whole situation differently? Would I feel the same amount of shame and feeling like I'm a bad person if I drank? Last Christmas or maybe it was the one before, one of my aunts and uncles were talking about an event they went to where my aunt drank a little too much, and they were talking about how my aunt is affected or, like, her personality and emotions change with each glass of wine she drinks. And, like, everyone was laughing and having fun, and they just talked about it so unapologetically that it made me think, is mood changes and fights with your husband maybe normal and funny like does fights with your spouse happen with everyone but maybe other people aren't as sensitive as me and my husband they made it out to be this silly funny thing but when I'm drunk fighting with my husband it does not feel funny like at all I would experience this a lot and some friends would openly admit to me They were hungover and drank too much and laugh about it and laugh about funny things that happened. And it would make me think, well, maybe it is okay. Maybe I'm not a loser for being that way too sometimes. Because this person that I don't think is a loser 
they get drunk sometimes, so maybe that's like me too. And I hope this isn't coming off as I think people who drink and get hungover are losers. I don't think that at all. I weirdly only thought that way about myself. And for some reason, I can get real nasty to myself post-drinking. I attempted quitting before, a couple times. I would stop drinking because of something that happened. I would either be so sick or so ashamed, or I would have a fight with my husband, or I would put myself in not safe situations and I would think, oh, I shouldn't drink anymore. I get in too much trouble. I don't want to ever experience this again. But after some time passed, I would forget all those feelings and I would seriously think I was like cured. Like I just needed a break. Clearly, I don't have a problem if I go months without drinking. Now I know better. Now I can go out and limit myself. Now I'll be on this drinking schedule. It's like I tried all the tips and tricks and I just kept failing. And sometimes I would go months, even a year without any issues. But then something would always end up happening at some point. I never knew when it was going to happen. I never planned or expected it to happen. It was always fine until it just abruptly wasn't. All those failed attempts ultimately led me to finally believe and accept that I don't think it will ever be different for me. I think this is just how I'm going to be forever. And then that's when I could make an actual change. It's like the previous attempts were an experiment. I had gotten my results, finally, and I just had to adjust my life. The pandemic is where things shifted for me, where I would have I would have problems before when I would go out and at events, but then it shifted during this time to drinking at home. I was in the house with a two-year-old and just kind of bored, and I would just drink at home, and it sort of snowballed, and it became every day, and the times that I would give myself would uh, get earlier and earlier. And before I knew it, I was just like buzzing every day because why not? I was bored doing the same thing over and over. And that's kind of when the habits started to form. The first week of not drinking was not great. I don't want to lie to you. It was kind of bad. And breaking the habit was the hardest part for me. I didn't have withdrawals or shakes, but I did have some effects like irritability, sleeping horribly. Oh, I was way more anxious than I've ever been. And adjusting to not having a beverage was hard. So I would buy snacks because I would keep walking over to the fridge and opening it and looking in it like over and over. And I had a hard time watching TV without eating or drinking right away. Breaking habits is really hard. I've done it a few times for various things. And every time, no matter what it is I'm trying to adjust, it makes my brain hurt like every time. But it wore off after a little bit. I just kept feeling better and better every day. So if you ever decide to take a break and you're like, wow, this sucks. I feel even worse than when I was drinking. Like, I promise, just give it two weeks and all the shitty side effects, they start to go away and you'll start to reap the benefits. Going to the first handful of events with no alcohol was 
absolutely my biggest hurdle. Events were sometimes the reason I would pick drinking back up again. Like, oh, I'll stop drinking, but I will drink at this upcoming wedding or my birthday or whatever was happening, and then I won't drink again. (laughs) And as soon as I did start drinking again at that one event, I opened a can of worms and I would slowly build back up to drinking every night when the kids go to bed again. At those first couple events, alcohol consumed almost like all of my thoughts. I'd look at what everyone's drinking. I'd notice if someone didn't finish a drink, could never be me. Or uh, I'd notice if people got more than like three drinks. I'd ask for mocktails so I was drinking something different than what I drink at home to make the event feel a little more special and most importantly feel like I'm drinking too, which I was a little nervous about that. I wanted it to seem like nothing changed. And there's a little debate about non-alcoholic beverages and if it's substituting will help you but it definitely helped me in social situations I don't really need it too much now I might get a fun cocktail when I'm out but uh like if there's one already like listed on the menu but other than that I just get like a diet coke or iced coffee now but when I started my new job I had a big company event and I actually stood in silence against the wall debating drinking in my head more than talking and like socializing with new co-workers because I felt so weird and awkward and didn't know anybody and I was uh, newly sober and it was a big drinking event like trays of shots being passed around type event and it was the first instance where I seriously debated drinking again. I thought, maybe I can drink this one time. The coworkers didn't know I wasn't drinking. I just met them that day. And no one at home would know I did. Not that it would really matter, but to me it felt like it did in that moment. And my brain was almost telling me it wouldn't count. I also like started rationalizing why it was a good idea. I'll stop being such a weird freak against the wall. I'll feel less anxious Because in that moment, I really was feeling probably the most anxious I ever have. I thought, well, maybe the break I have had the past six months was enough to change me and my drinking. But I remembered I have been here before. Every time I think I'm cured, I'm reminded I am not. And that my weird, quiet, freak way of being was unfortunately better than the alternative which is weird sloppy freak drunk lauren with even less of a filter than i already have sober so i didn't break it i just asked for a grapefruit spritz drink on the menu and just powered through but there are a couple scenarios like this when i go to the office in nyc we typically go out to eat it's always Uh, It always kind of like wraps up around like seven or eight ish and everyone goes out to drink and I just go back to my hotel and I know how I used to think about people who didn't drink. So awful to say. I hate that I thought that way. But now when I leave early, I get weird and anxious and think, "Ugh, I am the sober one now. And if they are thinking what I might have thought of someone going home that 
sucks. I may be perceived as boring or not social or not fun, personable, which reminds me of something I read recently about a lawsuit by an ex-employee. They sued their employer because they claimed they were being fired for not being fun enough. I guess they didn't attend happy hours or something, but being perceived as those things, boring, antisocial, although is not great and may affect my work life. I mean, it's better than what I would be perceived as if I kept drinking and got to that embarrassing state. And I just have to keep reminding myself of that when I get sad, which sucks. Like, I don't really have the option of ever being perceived as just like a normal, regular person. It's like either not cool or a hot mess and I have to kind of like pick my poison the thought of forever also can feel really overwhelming sometimes I went to a gas station recently to get a Mary Lou's coffee if you know you know and the inside had alcohol which isn't really a trigger to me at this point anymore but I saw a big display of Lover Boys, which was my favorite beverage, and they had new flavors out, and I was genuinely sad that I would never know what those taste like or experience drinking those on the beach again. But I'm at a point now where I just can't shake the bad that comes with it. The bad parts for me are finally outweighing the good parts, and I never know if it's going to be an okay time or a bad time, and it's just not worth it to me to find out anymore. Even if that means I'll never taste the new Truly or Lover Boy flavors. <laughs> now that I am out of the swirling spiral and can think a little more clearly, my brain now perceives it as kind of a threat almost. I wish I could bottle the miracle mindset that makes you stick with giving it up, but I can't unfortunately. The individual's mindset about drinking must change. Their belief of the good outweighing the bad has to shift. And unfortunately, shaming anyone isn't going to change it. In my case, it just made me more defensive and sneaky and want to prove that I don't have a problem. Quitting because you're shamed would be acting on someone else's belief and it could work temporarily but in my experience not forever but their own mind has to accept it and believe it it will that it will no longer serve them and that getting rid of the bad parts are worth skipping out on the good parts of alcohol and who knows if I will feel this way forever as I get older and my kids leave the house like Will I decide to drink again? I don't know. My dad and my grandfather were sober for majority of their lives, also due to problematic drinking, which is probably why I struggle so much with it. And they picked up substances again in their late 50s and 80s. So who knows what the future holds? But for now, it's off the tables in my eyes. And the thought of never drinking again doesn't really make me sad or mad anymore. Because it kind of did at first. I talked to my oldest son about drinking. I told him how it runs in my family and how he is more susceptible to having a problem. I wish someone had explained that to me 
Not sure if it would have made things different. I mean, it's hard to tell. But it would have been nice to know, even if so, I could maybe not feel like there was something wrong with me, like a personal character flaw. It's it Instead, I could have like understood it was something I was dealt, and I really can't change it. I don't know if that would have made my questioning phase a little shorter or would have helped me feel less shameful because um, low self-esteem can also be a trigger for substance abuse. And I remember the first time I talked to my oldest about it, he said, wait, you've been drunk before? And I was shocked that he like didn't understand that I had been. Like he doesn't know what it looks like or he can't really recognize it. It probably looks different in real life than what he sees in his school lessons about it, which must be confusing to get all these warnings and then like at school and then see adults you trust in real life doing those dangerous things the school's trying to warn you about. I feel like it plants a seed of, well, they do it. I might be able to do it, too. He feels very strongly about smoking cigarettes, though. Like, whatever they're teaching and, like, marketing these days, I feel like it's working. (laughs) He would, like, yell at people for smoking when he was younger. I hope he keeps that same energy into adulthood, but I'm really not confident in that. I'm so terrified about him drinking. Like, I just don't know how it's going to go, and I don't even know how I'm going to react We have a really good relationship. He tells me, like, everything, even though sometimes I'm like, please don't tell me that. (laughs) So I'm hoping to just keep that going and be that person who helps him in tricky situations, not shame him and cause him to hide it or go to his other drunk teen friends for help in tricky situations versus, like, his parent, which is what I did. I would just like stay out until I'm not drunk anymore or like then come home when I was more sober or like I would just like hide it or get into really like dangerous situations with friends and uh, I just I'm not looking forward to that. One nice thing about not drinking and having kids is I never have to worry where I left my drinks or the kids accidentally taking a sip of my drink. My oldest knew what drinks he couldn't drink but it's not so clear with my youngest one time at thanksgiving when my son was like five we were all at the table and he reached for my cup instead of his and had the shock of his life it was wine and not apple juice and he thought it was so gross and now something like that happening isn't even a thought in my mind like anyone can take a sip of my drink if they want I feel a lot better in general since not drinking. A lot of people ask me about weight loss, and I think I did lose a little weight, but not as much for it to be, like, a major factor. I also substituted drinking with snacking, so I feel like it just kept me sort of in the same place. I'm overall happier, more alert, and less anxious. I wouldn't have really considered myself too anxious before, But as time went on from like 30 and up, I swear I gave myself anxiety when I drank consistently. Even if it wasn't like binge drinking, if just the nights that I would have like a truly or a glass of wine for a few nights in a row. Like I would make up, wake up 
in the middle of the night and my heart would be pounding and I would be sweating or sometimes even if I slept through the night, I would be anxious when I woke up or before I went to bed. And I learned that alcohol can induce panic because of its effect on GABA, a chemical that normally has a relaxing effect. Mild amounts of alcohol can stimulate GABA and cause feelings of relaxation, but heavy drinking can deplete GABA, causing increased tension and feelings of panic. And since stop, stopping drinking, it's gone away. That really doesn't happen to me anymore at all. And I promise you, I tried everything to make it stop before I concluded that it was the alcohol causing it. I took up walking and yoga and stopped snacking before bed. I was doing breathing exercises and meditation apps and all the things that Google told me to do to manage stress. And I also started putting my phone away so I wouldn't text anyone or go on social media when I was drinking at night to avoid embarrassing messages or texts. And I was thinking that would make me not be anxious and weird in the morning when I woke up, but that didn't work either. I think I knew I had to give up alcohol, but I just wasn't ready so I would make excuses and try other things. Like I was just really hoping it was something else, not that. So I went through this roundabout process of elimination and ultimately landed on alcohol being the cause of my awful new sleeping patterns. And yeah, since I stopped, I haven't woken up in a weird, sweaty panic since. I also feel like I was giving myself a bit of depression. I started feeling this very like, who cares attitude about everything and would have to really like peel myself out of bed just like wasn't eager to live the day <laughs> and it's hard functioning in that way there's such a thing as alcohol induced depression and I don't know if I had it because it wasn't like super consistent I would have like ups and downs but it exists and depression and alcohol abuse have strong links to each other both can be separate issues on their own alone but both are also gateways to having the other one or if you have one of them it will be made even worse by the combination of them so now since I haven't I haven't drank in over a year and my body is in homeostasis so it's like a steady baseline an equilibrium and when I would drink it would throw the balance off I don't have all the smart science words for this but all the highs you get from alcohol must be met with lows to offset those chemicals and reactions and bring you back to a neutral state. Like what goes up must come down. And I was starting my day in the lows from balancing the highs the night before. And then the day would go on and it would fade a bit. And I would want to drink again that night because it felt good and it was fun. It was giving me highs after being low all day and the cycle would repeat. But now that I am like off that sort of rat wheel, I am in a constant state of just like being and experiencing as it experiencing things as they are and as I feel and I'm just more emotionally stable than I probably ever have been. It's made me just more stable overall as a person, which is nice for my family. 
you know, events would always make Jared, my husband, nervous and anxious. And I would go out and sometimes it was fine. And I would come back and be like, see, I'm fine. Going out is fine. And other times I would come back or have to call him to come get me. Uh, And it was just so inconsistent. And he never knew how the night was going to go. And he would be snippy all day leading up to the event. And he would be pissed when I got home buzzed or trash. And we would fight. And I would wake up sometimes not even remembering it. But he was stone cold sober and would remember all of it. So it wasn't easy for him to brush off. And now we go places and it's just brought such a sense of peace um, to just like our house. (laughs) We went on vacation, as I mentioned, and it was just comforting knowing I wasn't going to be drinking and like getting lost or missing ride times or hunting down huts with alcohol. Like I was present with my kids not often like La La Land, and I will remember it all in in, in totality, you know? I don't want to be a burden on my husband on vacation where there's already an element of unfamiliarity and he's got to wrangle in the kids and then also me. It's just not something I want to do to him anymore because I did do that one vacation specifically. It was like an indoor water park and I was drinking too many tropical drinks and was like buzzing in the lazy river my husband also doesn't drink and never has he also has family history of alcohol issues and kind of just stayed clear if I had a partner who drank while I was trying to quit I honestly don't know if I could have made it last like if I had someone at home drinking on the couch every night I don't know if I would be able to like sit there and not do that too. I always wondered like if me and Jared drank in the same way, would there have been as many issues and fights between us like post and pre-events? I was reading that people who suffer from alcohol abuse have a 50% chance of divorce. And the number is greater if your partner and you don't drink in the same amount like one is a heavy drinker and one isn't type thing versus if you're like both heavy drinkers you have like a better success rate (laughs) there was a study where they looked at all the divorces in philadelphia over the past 100 years and alcohol was a quarter of the reasoning for all the divorces And man i just want to shout out my husband because i think back like He shouldn't have been put through that. Like, I can't even believe that I did and said some of the things that I did to him. He deserves so much more than those, like, shitty fights and situations I would put us in. And I read posts on my local mom's page all the time from moms venting or looking for ways out of marriages with alcoholic husbands. And the comments are so harsh and they're always like, leave him. And I'm in agreement. I feel like my husband should have left and like I probably would have left someone so unstable. And when I asked him like, why didn't you feel that way or like leave? He said something along the lines like there was so much more good in our relationship than those bad moments. It felt worth it to stay and figure things out. And like in his case, the good outweighed the bad for him. And 
it wasn't like a cons- like a constant issue. It would be like highs and lows. It would like flow. Like sometimes I would and like it was just always a curveball. But either way, I'm just grateful for him never giving up on me. And I honestly couldn't see how bad I was affecting him and my family until closer to the end and I knew I had to stop. I don't know why my brain couldn't see it, but I see it now and drinking was like my way. (sighs) Sorry, I'm getting a little emotional. (laughs) But drinking was my way of like genuinely apologizing and making it up to him now we can like live this life better than before and it feels really good (laughs) it feels like we both like deserve this life and it's what we've been working towards since we met each other like feels like we have like arrived at the destination (laughs) one thing I think a lot of people question or wonder why like your kids aren't enough to stop drinking or your family isn't enough like how could I put myself and my family in these situations and for me I would never like intend to do it like once I was drinking and had alcohol in me my judgment and perception of things would flip like I would not think I was that bad even if I was and I would not think there was a problem until the next day and then I would feel awful and that's when I would be able to think the way someone who doesn't have a problem would think because I didn't have alcohol in my brain anymore, like altering the way I think. And I would wake up the next day like, wow, I need to stop that and would think, well, if I can take a break, then I'm sure I'm fine. And then I'd drink again because I thought I was all right. And then the cycle just went on and on and on. Alcohol really can negatively affect your brain. Harvard researchers did a study and when comparing these questions and tasks that were a part of their study in combination with the MRI scans, they found that the amount of shrinkage in the hippocampus, the brain area associated with memory and reasoning, was related to the amount people drank. And those who drank four or more drinks a day had almost six times the risk of hippocampal shrinkage while moderate drinkers still had you know three times the risk as non-drinkers but the future isn't totally bleak it can all be repaired which made me feel really good to know and like the brain the liver can also repair itself and I like to remind people who break their non-drinking streaks that it's not a total waste because their body Like they gave their body this gift of a break and allowed it to heal and repair. And yes, it can suck erasing that day count that you've built, but you can't erase the good you did for your body. So give yourself a high five for that work. (laughs) You're still moving in the right direction. And even if you need to take breaks versus like a never drinking again approach, I think your body will thank you. And like anytime not drinking is good for you like it's time to be honored and celebrated so make sure you do that (laughs) one other risk I feel like is worth noting here is that the uh, alcohol that alcohol increases your risk of cancer if you drink three drinks a day your chances of getting cancer are doubled 
When you drink alcohol, your body breaks it down into a chemical called, I might say this wrong, it's like one of the downfalls of reading everything and like not listening to things, but your body breaks down this chemical called acetaldehyde and that damages your DNA and prevents your body from repairing the damage. DNA is the cell's like manual and controls cells like normal growth and function so when it's damaged a cell can begin growing out of control and you can like manipulate your cells to create cancer tumors alcohol is linked with an increased risk of breast cancer in women um they i don't know if this is really proven but these are like some reasons that i read could attribute to it and it's that estrogen levels in the body um, raise, which might explain some increased risks, but any way you cut it, any type of alcohol, any quality of alcohol contributes to a rise of risk in cancer. And the CDC and the WHO have like so much statistics on this. If you care enough to look into a little more, I would look those up because it was so fascinating to read. The things I still struggle with is friends and like trying to find things to do that doesn't involve alcohol I'd be lying if I said my social life has not suffered from this and that I haven't lost friends over this it was literally one of my biggest fears and a main reason why I held on to alcohol for so long because like I didn't really know what else to do with friends besides like go out to eat and drink and stuff Winter is just like an extra layer of tricky because I can't even go for walks or go to the beach. It's just like weird and gross out. It's kind of like my nightmare is happening and I was worrying so much about losing friends and it's like coming true. But even so, I would take having a social life on life support over the shittiness I was living in before. And I haven't lost all my friends, but it definitely affected things like I don't get as much invites as I think I would have before and I don't see some friends as often because they want to like go out and a lot of times people ask me if I mind if they drink when we're like out which I do not at all but I think it makes them uncomfortable or feel weird not so much me so like why would they want to invite me out to a bar I do also feel like I have less fun than I used to. I would look forward to events and doing things, and now I don't really as much. It brought me so much joy going out and getting dressed up and drinking and laughing with friends, and now I really don't have that as much anymore, which sucks. And then I'm trying to figure out things that could bring me as much joy as drinking, but I'm starting to think that's not going to happen Like, those events were so fun to me because I think alcohol would bring me to, like, give me such a high and I would look forward to that and it was a false high. Like, it's not real and I need to adjust my mind to knowing that those feelings are not real life. And although I did feel that way a little bit on the escape from Gringotts ride at Harry Potter World, I literally cried over overwhelming happiness and was just smiling the whole day drinking my frozen butter beer but that's like too expensive of a substitution uh to a bottle of wine 
Anyway, I hope this helps you. If you are sober curious, I would highly recommend listening to the Sober Powered podcast. It's a scientist who has all the words and explanations as to why we do the things we do when drinking and the effects on the body. I listened to that show before I was sober because I met someone through a marketing event and she started a podcast about being sober and I listened to support and listening to it really started to get my gears turning. I also downloaded the app I Am Sober and they post meetings on there every week and there's like little forums that you can comment in. But for me personally, I didn't find meetings helpful. I did try a couple out the first month I quit, but it put me in a worse mindset and brought my mood down kind of. My story felt a little boring compared to others and it made me feel too awkward to share my story and feelings and I just didn't think it was good for me, but it could be a great resource for someone else, especially if you don't feel like you have anyone else to talk to. I feel like a meeting could be really great. Sometimes it's like you don't need this horrific story to decide that alcohol doesn't serve you anymore. And I'm hoping for this to kind of shake up people's idea of what people with alcohol issues can look like and be like. Always feel free to message me. I look forward to hearing your thoughts and feelings. Like as much as I do this so, uh, you know, for other people to not feel weird, like your messages make me feel less of a, like less weird as well. And um, it's just like a really nice feeling. I posted a poll today on my Facebook and asked what topic you want to listen to next week. And friendships won by 61% of the vote. So this area of my life is a real struggle for me, as I mentioned in this episode. I think I'll have to end, you know, end up making, you know, friendships my New Year's resolution of some sort. But I'm going to delve into this and bring an episode on friendships in adulthood next Monday, March 13th. Thanks for being here and thanks so much for sticking around. Even though I botched posting last week, your support means so much to me. It's the reason I'm doing this and I hope you have a great week. Talk next Monday.